Hmm. Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But under the right circumstances, a producer could make more money with a flop than he could with a hit. Hmm. Yes, it's quite possible. Welcome to the NFC Beast Show. The only show keeping the NFC East honest. Williams, how are you doing? Better than ever. Feeling great. <laughs> so, so long yet again since the last time we spoke. Really excited to uh, get into the last of the All 2000s team with you. Uh, the only players we haven't talked about are quarterbacks, halfbacks, and tight ends. Um, I think we agreed we were going to pick one quarterback, two halfbacks, so a, 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 um, you know, a bell cow and a third down back, and then one tight end. And for fun, to close it out. Uh, we're going to do backup quarterbacks, but not the second best quarterback, the best QB two on the depth chart of the teams. We good? <laughs> yes. You got it? Yes. <laughs> all yeah. right. Come along with us audience on the last all 2000s team episode. Where do we want to start? I feel like tight end is probably a good place to start. Let's work from tight yeah. end to, and let's close with quarterback. Cause I think quarterback has a chance to be a very contentious We'll Same. see. I don't know. If you, All right, if tight you end. made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> tight end, I had to go Jason Witten. Yeah. This this is up there with like Champ Bailey and Brian Dawkins. It's like, like literally, what are you doing if you don't take this guy? Jason Witten was playing two years ago in the NFL. <laughs> yes. Like, the man is like Iron Man, like very productive, like, man. What a player. I hate that he was on the Cowboys, but I can't deny him this spot. He, what was, he what's was, interesting, though, is like, and I want to get into this, is like mm-hmm. he was the best of also a very competitive crop of tight ends in this division. I want to put some respect on some other tight ends' names before we move to the next group, but I think that also says how good Jason Witten was that he's this obviously the consensus between the both of us above any other player in this division. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's, uh, especially close despite the competition. I think Witten, I I just think we know too well, like how many times do Witten hurt our teams on third and seven and stuff? Like it was endless. He was, the reliable workhorse for nearly 20 years for the Cowboys. Like he's one of the best tight ends ever. Even if I think he's not like, even if his peak is not like a top five tight end peak or however you want to think about it, I think his career and his longevity speak for themselves. Yeah. 100%. The other tight ends I'm referencing that I also had in my list. Um, I think the Eagles tight ends, during this period of time, deserve a little bit of a shout out. Andy Reid always got production out of them. I got I had Selleck and Chad Lewis's potential picks. I think same goes for the Giants. I thought their offense was very tight end dependent at times, and I thought Kevin Boss and Jeremy Shockey both deserve a bit of a shout out in this category. Yeah. And sure. maybe someone's people forget. I'm sure Washington fans don't forget, but Chris Cooley, like one of the best receiving yes. tight end threats <laughs> in the 2000s. But he just wasn't yeah. Jason Witten, you know? 
You know, like he just wasn't. <laughs> How are you going to disrespect Chad Lewis like this? <laughs> really hard, man. He iced the NFC Championship game. He sent us to the Super Bowl. He, he, he was, Chad Lewis was unironically good. I'm yes. not trying to like meme Chad. That's how deep I think the tight ends were in the 2000s for this division. And I think, uh, I guess, I guess maybe I'm projecting my Giants bias. It feels like the 2010s are relatively weak in comparison, yeah. but that, yeah. that might not be true. I mean, I also just think the tight end position has changed a lot since the 2000s, you know? Yeah, like, that's, that's also true. Like, uh, I think how we judge the position changed. Like, I feel like these guys are like, maybe Chris Cooley is more like, start is more like a bridge player to like the more like H-backy style, like athletic tight end um, yeah. mold that we've seen over the past 10 to 15 years. But these guys were all like legitimately could be an undersized tackle, but also like <laughs> ran stick routes and did like eight other teams lunch on third down and eight habitually. Yep. You know what I mean? Like yep. huge guys, nimble, but could run routes, catch the ball, like really just prototypical classic tight ends from this division during the two thousands. And Witten, in my opinion, was head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, just super reliable, could catch anything, pretty good blocker. Cowboys fans would probably argue very good blocker. Uh, you know, he never never really had burners, but what you don't need a fast tight end anyway. This is the whole yeah. Evan Ingram like <laughs> mistake. I didn't mean I didn't mean to shoehorn this in. <laughs> we can't talk about tight ends for five goddamn minutes without you talking about Evan Literally, <laughs> It's just like the platonic like the ideal of a tight end and then just disregarding those aspects because you're intrigued by other aspects that don't actually matter. Jason Witten had everything that you actually need in a tight end. Love that you are making the case for Jason Witten using your hatred of Evan Ingram. It's just two, it's a study in contrast. I get it. One, really good. The other one, not. That's, I don't mean to pile on. It's just comes to mind as relevant. All right. So we agree there. Let's uh let's let's build the tension a bit. I I actually thought running back was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be going into it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think I in agree. my head I thought running backs in this division were better, but they really <laughs> weren't. <laughs> I think that I think that there's like a I, I agree kind of. I think that the running backs in this division were good. Yeah, but not. It's just kind of that running back dilemma where like the longevity is not amazing all the time. And none of them are like Adrian Peterson tier, yeah. like dominant. You yeah. Know? I guess put it to you like this. We already talked about the wide receivers. I expect my offense to be wide receiver dominant. And I really just expect my, my halfback to produce and be like a, like a multidimensional option. You know, um, do you want to, I, I hope we agree on third down back. But do you want to go with that one first? And I'm, we'll do I'm, I'm, a little con- I'm a little confused with my third down. Like, I didn't know because for me, I would like to hear who you pick because I wasn't sure. So for my halfback too, I picked Brian Westbrook. Okay, it's your third down back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's what I wasn't – I was like, is this kind of like the QB situation where like – he could never have been the starter. No, 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 no. Like, it's, not like, it's, not like, it's not like you're picking okay. Terrell Buckholder. You <clears throat> could pick a, a, the HB1, but make him. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, well, we don't agree, but only because my, I mean, Brian Westbrook is better than this guy, but given what I need on my team, yeah. I'm trying to be strategic. I'm going to pick Marion Barber, the third as my right. third down back, because he's one of the hardest runners I watched dude just hit like a truck. Uh, and I think he gives that change of pace physicality that I'm looking for. Marion Barber was my honorable mention. Nice. Running back category, meaning someone I didn't pick, but would have picked if I had more spots. I respect. You, you thought about it. I thought about it very hard, you know, and yeah. I, I agree with you on what you're saying. I just wanted that. I wanted Brian Westbrook. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Brian, again, Brian Westbrook, much better running back than Marion Barber. But I think given who I have as my day to day running back, yeah. Barber offers more of a contrast, a little more flexibility. So who's your who's your HB one? Another barber, Tiki Barber, baby. Oh, uh, there it is. I <laughs> the double barber. You did the double yeah. barber. <laughs> the uh, Tiki Barber, no relation. Oh, Tiki man. Barber. Yeah. So to me, Tiki Barber and Brian Westbrook are very kind of like similar players in that they're um, guys who can really catch out of the backfield and do a lot with it. Both of them are more explosive, like laterally and with shiftiness, than they are like a straight line runners. Although they're certainly quick, they're not like crazy fast or anything. Um, and Tiki just gives me—I mean, he can catch the ball. He—I'm uh, assuming that my version of Tiki is over his fumbling issue. Um, one of the most prolific backs of the early to mid 2000s, statistically. I mean, he put up stupid numbers behind the Giants' line, and I think. Uh, it's just a nice, reliable pick. And again, a good contrast when I sub him out, I just put in Marion Barber to hurt people. So there you have it. Yeah. Um, he was mine too. I picked Tiki Barber. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. Okay. I, well, yeah, I mean, you made me kind of doubt it by comparing Brian Westbrook and Tiki Barber. And I agree. I think where I disagree and I still see the contrast is I think Tiki's got a little bit more of like the, you know, I, it, not that I think that these guys are actually comparable, but kind of like the Doug Martin muscle hamster thing going on where I think that he can <laughs> yeah. like lower his shoulder a bit and pick up in, in like a Marion Barber way, pick up the, the tougher inside yards. Whereas Brian Westbrook, like can't, you know, really yeah. like Brian Westbrook needs that like offensive line chauffeur in like short yardage situations, you know? So I, yeah. I, I really wanted Brian Westbrook's athleticism on the outside um, in the passing game, especially since I do anticipate this to be like a pass-heavy offense. And I, I think I'm just trusting Tiki's ability to be workable inside between the tackles despite yeah. his size and figure in a way I that Brian can't, you know? Yeah, T Tiki certainly is a bell cow back, you know? Yeah. He got a ton of car carries later in his career too of all things like you could argue is his last year is one of his best ones he had over 2,000 total yards from scrimmage god knows how many touches it looks like at least 400 close to it like the dude can definitely handle the ball was never really hurt um could get you some tough yards i think just kind of slipping between stuff so I hear you. Yeah. You're just going to, what you really want to do is run 25 Andy Reid bubble screens a game. Yes, I do. That's your actual, <laughs> you're literally never going to hand the ball off. It's going to be passes to your vaunted receiving core 
And my, then, quarter, my quarterback's going to pass 50 a game. That's what's going to happen. Right. His <laughs> arm's going to fall off. That's why you need a durable quarterback back there. Um, Very durable quarterback. I hate you so much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're teasing, you're teasing already. But it sounded like it sounded like we roughly agree on the triumvirate of Marion Barber, Tiki Barber, and Brian Westbrook probably being the consensus top three. Just you Yeah, I did. You went yeah, with Marion as opposed to B West. Yeah, I also shout out to Clinton Portis, who you know that is very, also yes. Yeah. I do think Clinton needs to be uh, needs to be. Yeah. I just think Clinton. You look, you look at the numbers. He, he was kind of just a volume guy a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, again, it's so hard with some of these Washington players because you're like, were you just on a terrible team? But Portis to me, great running back, but not. Not on the level of of Tiki when it comes to his versatility or what he could do. So, one hundred percent, I stand by it. But did you give any thought to Emmett Smith at all? No, not for a second. Honestly, even though you even though you gave other players the they did most. Do not compare nineties. Do not compare Larry Allen to Emmett Smith. <laughs> Emmett Smith in the two thousands was a husk of a man. Larry Allen. <laughs> Marianne was still very credible and a multi-time pro bowler. All right. I just don't try to pull this with me. I'm just trying to (laughs) highlight your logic against you, man. (laughs) I don't use logic. uh, I'm like drunken, drunken master style. All right. I know, I know what you're going to say. I know what I'm going to say for QB (laughs) one. You first. I went with Donovan McNabb. So did I. No, you what? What? I went with the bait and switch, baby. I went with Tom Brady. Yeah. So we agree, man. All right. Yeah, we I'm, agree. I thought yeah. I would have put so much money down you picking Eli Manning. I wanted no. to have. To, I wanted to finally settle this once and for all with you. No, because Eli. If I can explain why I didn't pick Eli for a second, uh, obviously, I'm a big Eli guy. People should know this by now. Um, but it's the 2000s team, and Eli's yeah. best year is in 2011, and he's – what are you laughing at? Just laughing such a technicality. <laughs> it is a technicality. Like, yeah, it's the same player in the – No, no. <laughs> yes, no, he was. No. no. Peak Eli is like 08 through like mm, 15, I would argue. But like that's – there's just not enough actual evidence to support Eli – in the 2000s when he was surrounded by an outstanding offensive line, good receivers, reliable defense by and large, and a you know good good run game. Like Eli up until 08 is like a system quarterback who handed the ball off a lot and had a good deep ball. And then after that really develops in other ways, I would argue. But McNabb, you know, led led a team to what? Four NFC championship games, one yeah. Super Bowl really really versatile and could i mean an underrated runner i think in retrospect dude was so mobile and dangerous the my one issue with having McNabb on this team is that he's not that accurate you know just puts puts a lot of balls in the dirt i actually Um, thought he was a bit of an overrated runner it's interesting that we disagree on that no i I I, maybe it's because we had two different experiences with him i i remember him being not like vic level but like very elusive and dangerous at, kind at of McNabb's, when the pocket like, broke down. Yeah. And McNabb's most lethal, or at least when, 
how he was perceived, especially league wide in the early two thousands. I I felt he had like this like one B reputation to Michael Vick that I thought was entirely undeserved. Like I thought he was mobile, but like he's as mobile as like Carson Wentz is mobile. You know what I mean? No, like, he's more mobile than Carson. No, Wentz. no way, dude. Yes, he is. No he way. Is. And he it is. only got worse as he got older. I mean, it's true that yeah, he got older, but once again, it was a part of the, we're talking. I mean, 2000s this is my like tortured i expected more out of donna mcnab's career eagles fan voice coming out right this is such a philly fan take right here where i i I look at donna mcnab and i constantly think what could have been post 2005 i think that he to almost to your point he tried to develop as a pocket passer and honed his entire game around that, but never quite had the accuracy to be that guy. You know what I mean? And like, I'm, I'm not talking myself out of it. He's clearly the, the best quarterback of the three. I'm now I'm just getting mad that you like him this much. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I mean, if, if we're going to be honest, I'm, I'm getting mad that you agree with me. I wanted to fight with you. <laughs> and now I feel like I need to be the devil's advocate. <laughs> Because he, I don't feel like he was that good. <laughs> I just did that jujitsu. Um, <laughs> You're making me so uncomfortable right now, man. Why are you putting me in this position? <laughs> I'm sorry. We're gonna have to dispatch Tony Romo after this to get us back on the same thing. Um, I mean, look, McNabb has issues, but I think it's honestly not not the best competition. You know? Yeah. I mean, so do, do we agree? Like the three. In discussion, were Donovan, Eli, and Romo, right? Cor- correct. That's that's the only three I had on my list. Yeah. Yeah, and to me, I think Donovan, especially that three to four year run in the early two thousands, just puts him head and shoulders above the other two. Yeah. I, like the one. I mean, Eli got a ring in the two thousands, but I think both of us agree that the the ring he won was post two thousands. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> like he was on a team that won a ring in 2007, yeah. but he got closer to winning, like winning a ring in his own right after the 2000s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and like for me, I even discounted Tony Romo off the bat. I thought it was only an Eli and Donovan conversation for this era. I think Tony didn't even come into his own at, in like all NFC East lore until like 2012 through like 2014. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Romo <clears throat> Romo in the two thousands, if his career ended in two thousand ten, would have been seen as like a big choker, yep. you know, who couldn't get over the hump. This is what he is anyway. Let's be very clear. He never disproved <laughs> that. Dude has won how many playoff games has he won? One, two? Not not I'm a lot. You. I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> not to go too down too far down the Tony Romo rabbit hole. Uh, we know that there's a lot of devoted Cowboys fans who listen to this and who who respect and trust our opinion about their fan because we bring such a level-headed perspective. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I think Washington gets off easiest on this, on like this whole... Yeah, because we just, we just don't care. Right. <laughs> right. I'm not threatened by them at all. No, that's why I, yeah. I'm even impressed that you researched them enough to pick one of their offensive linemen. <laughs> Chris Samuels. <laughs> I'm going to put together Chris Samuels' highlight video. I'm going to rehabilitate his legacy. 
Uh, yeah. Anyway. So- as much as I sounded like I disagree with my own pick, I think Donovan McNabb is clearly the best of this crop. But it's interesting now thinking about it because I, I don't think that there was like a – maybe it's just comparing it to the dynastic quarterbacks we got in the NFL during this era, your Mannings, your Brady's. But there really wasn't that level of guy in this division. I think you can nitpick any of those three guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, all these are tier two guys at best. None of yeah. them are in the Brady bed conversation. Um, but I think, I think that speaks a lot about the nature of NFC. I think part of why we're doing this is because 2000s NFC East football was like a kind of unique thing in that all the teams had a certain, it's almost like there was a consensus on like how to play football yeah. and what they were all looking for. And none of them were looking for like, crazy pocket passer quarterbacks like none yeah. of them um not even the giants who took eli i mean eli is like to me a deep ball big arm guy who makes terrible decisions you know 2000s version of eli like that is that is nfc's football is like high risk high reward kind of chaotic that's what <laughs> i loved about it what a great note to end on all right so we have our teams uh I'm gonna I'm gonna list them out for the listeners. Um, Should we do backup? Where we're gonna do our backup? We are. We are. We are. Okay. We're, gonna do, we're gonna close that. Sorry. I'm gonna list these out for the listeners. Uh, take a look out for that. We'd love to hear which one you think wins. Um, I think also Williams. I think we want to try and get these teams into Madden or something. Maybe we're in a sim or something. We'll see. But we got no six, baby. Like, we got to figure out which team is actually better. But <laughs> there's really. I don't want to keep arguing with him about it. We already did that for four episodes. It's really, it's really in the fan and Madden's hands now to figure out which team's actually better. But such a fun, such a fun offseason. I think the closeout, like like Sean kind of hinted at, we did joke earlier in the series. Uh, let's also pick best backup quarterbacks, and I don't mean uh, Eli Manning is my backup to Donna McNabb. I mean best QB two on the roster across all the teams when they were QB2s. I have mine. Do you want to think about I, it? I, I've got mine. I've got mine. I went with 2007 Jeff Garcia on the Eagles. And really the only reason why I yeah. had this idea is because I wanted to say that. <laughs> Jeff Garcia, man. What I hate Jeff Garcia. What a year. What a, what a playoff run. I That was the most fun I had with the Eagles uh, post- NFC Championship Super Bowl era. That was such a blast. Jeff Garcia, baby. He's my baby. Love that. They beat the Giants in the wild card game by three points. I watched it at my best friend's house. One of the worst days of my life. (laughs) Uh, Hate Jeff Garcia. Always have because he also, in 2002, along with Terrell Owens, and came from behind by a lot and beat the Giants in the playoffs. They cooked Jason Seahorn alive. So I have a lot of Jeff Garcia trauma, and he was never going to be my pick. Did you for just this black position. him out? It sounded like you even forgot that year existed when I said his name. There was like a moment from you there was like, oh yeah, Jeff Garcia. I forgot he was even a backup quarterback. My eyes like grew cold. Like I just, <laughs> I mean, well, honestly, it's because I thought that you would. Um, I, I, I thought you'd go with oh, one I've like got, a meme. I've got honorable mentions. I got other I, I went full meme. Can we also talk this, – this is more like off – I'm sorry if I'm going to make you edit something. No. Like 
wasn't, did I dream this or did Terrell Owens insinuate or de declare publicly that Jeff Garcia was gay? <laughs> and this was like, this was like a big thing in I like the early remember, 2000s. I don't remember whether it was Terrell Owens, but I do have a very... Right? It's like... Vivid, like... Mem memory of Garcia being like outed, but then like he had to come out and deny it. Right. Which is, fu first of all, it's fucked up. You're right. Extremely I don't think it was Jeff Garcia, though. You don't think it was Jeff oh, Garcia? No, 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 I don't think it was Terrell Owens. Oh, it might not have been Terrell. I'm not, I'm not sure. Oh, no, um, you're right. It was Terrell Owens. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, oh, wait, you're gonna right. put. <laughs> oh, I know. This is hilarious. Hold on. I I don't know whether it was like Owens <laughs> started it. It might have been like in the air, but I remember this happening. Maybe. Owens, yeah, when like after he was traded to Philly, Owens did a interview with Playboy. And Playboy asked whether he thought Jeff Garcia was gay. To which Torello responded, if it looks like a rat and smells like a rat, by God. What the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? That's what he said? Yep. Dude. That is... The 2000s were a wild time. Oh my God. <laughs> Philly fans didn't love Terrell Owens? <laughs> Garcia no. called Owens' insinuations ridiculous and untrue. <laughs> it's just like, what? Oh, my God. Just, you know, Terrell Owens, <laughs> what, a, what a piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man, I feel bad that, like, I'm now forcing Terrell Owens to be with the right. two quarterbacks he's spurned right. most You're on my team. <laughs> Well, also, how awkward was 2006? Wasn't Owen still on the team by then or no? No, he was traded by 2006. Oh, okay. I was about to say, geez, is that? Okay. No, they were, Garcia was 2007, I think. Oh, okay. Or at least the playoff run was 2007. Because there, yeah. there was that awful Jeff McMahon year. Before, <sighs> yeah, Jeff McMahon would be a good candidate. <laughs> the, Eagles, the Eagles have the best backup quarterbacks because McNabb would actually get hurt. Yeah, he was – I mean – so my honorable mentions, I did not put AJ Feely in here, though I could have and should have. I, I thought went, about Feely. I went with uh, Coy Detmer, Classic. Brad Johnson, Jared yeah. Lorenzen. Which Jared I think... Lorenzen is mine. That's fine. <laughs> I had to. J-Lo, baby. Pillsbury and... throw boy. <laughs> and just for the memes, I also put Tony Romo in my in my. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> hey, no, I think he was. Dude. I think he was a much better start, uh, backup quarterback in the 2000s than he was a starter when he wow. was backing up Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe, the Giants. The, I I remember Tony Romo's first game because the Giants like murdered Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe had like eight concussions before they finally pulled him <laughs> out of that game. Like they had to like drag him off the field like by like one ankle. Um, and then Romo actually looked good. So I think my that favorite. I think my favorite, just like Romo choking, like pastime, let's say. I think mm -hmm. it was the year he took over where he was 
playing somewhat lights out at quarterback, got the Cowboys to the playoffs. But because yeah. he was the backup to start the year, he was still their placeholder on field goals. And yeah. he single-handedly lost the playoff game in Seattle by botching the hold on that kick. And A I, beloved memory. I just for... like it's just so funny to me that like when he doesn't like he had them in a position to win the game as a quarterback, but then choked <laughs> on, like, his well, other job. <laughs> the best, the best part about it is he almost punched it in. Yeah. He was like a yard away from like recovering and actually taking it to the end zone. And I believe the Seahawks went to the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, that sounds right. Against the Steelers. It's that like sounds the right. Matt Hasselbeck shot Alexander Seahawks, but man, we could have a whole podcast roasting Tony Romo. I would do it uh, <laughs> in a heart. Just like, is there is there a better just like case for choke artist than like won the game as a quarterback Literal but lost butter, it like as a place holder? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like that Something is like about an artful it. level of choking. You know, right? Well, especially because it's such like a Charlie Brown like thing to do is like the ball like slips through your hands like it's very (laughs) very like memorable um and then the next year he would lose to the giants when he threw a interception in the end zone to rw mcquarters so dude dude was a choker just how it is couldn't win what a note to end on (laughs) (laughs) the series was so fun i can't wait to do next offseason series, which we've already agreed is current NFC East players out of position in different positions. <laughs> <laughs> right. If uh, anybody has any thoughts about where Levine Toy Lolo should play, <laughs> now's the time to start prepping for that conversation. I I think I think Dallas Goddard could be a good D end. I, I, I kind of do too. I, I feel like, uh, I don't know. Let's, I feel let's like save it say. for next year. We got, a whole, <laughs> yeah. we got an actual season coming up, man. We got it. Wait, happening. wait until I put Twitter. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is going to be my like Swiss army knife wide receiver running back. <laughs> so get ready for that. His actual position. <laughs> uh, next time, next time we put out an episode, it will probably be, uh, previewing the season and doing a little bit of a review of training camp. Um, looking forward to talking with you again, and I'm really looking forward to getting the season together. It's going to be fun this year, I think. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be a great time. All right, man. I'll talk to you then. All right. Take it easy, pal. Yeah.